name of Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. I worship you, Lord, and I praise you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, for being my Savior. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise the name of Jesus. Praise the name of Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise God, praise God. You may be seated. Before I begin the message this morning, I do want to, on a personal note, say to all of you, thank you for uh, your support of Marcus and your celebration of him. And um, the kingdom is made up of an accumulation of small works. I know that we many times were looking for the big move. But if you look at creation, you look at the way that creation operates, whether you're talking about a field with plants and agriculture, whether you're talking about the oceans, whether you're talking about rain or sun, all of the functions of creation are actually the accumulation of very small things. In fact, the farthest that we've been able to really go is is down into that atomic level, and it's extremely small, and yet God built everything with these small works. And uh, only God knows what he is ultimately doing. We're simply participating in the kingdom. And so your generosity and your care for my family over the years, Regina and I again say thank you. And I did want to report to you that when Marcus was back in May, the reason that he was back was to take his AP Spanish exam. And I'm proud to tell you that he passed it and he got a five on it. So we're proud of him in that and uh, appreciate not only the broadening of our son's perspective on life, which missions work always does. It causes you to realize there's a lot more going on in the world than just your little pocket. And uh, I know that that's why missionary services are so popular and missionaries coming through because they broaden our perspective. So thank you for, for being, allowing my son to, to experience that and be a part of that. Um, but we're also proud of his work academically. And so Tuesday school starts and he heads into another thing that hopefully we don't get a FaceTime and tears. Otherwise, we'll have to consider that the boy become a man is still in process. I love you, son, but I looked at your mama and said, I think we've probably got a few more iterations to get to full manhood. I'm not even sure I've yet arrived at full manhood. <laughs> ah, life is that way, is it not, church? Just when you think you've got it figured out, you hit another season. You hit another phase, and suddenly it's like, ah, what do I do now? Anyway, so we want to say thank you to you. Well, I did not want to preach to you what I'm going to preach to you this morning. I have preached this sermon, the basic concept, twice already. Once on Father's Day at the Bridgeton Church for Brother Jeremy Cornett and his congregation. And my girls were there. Once in Concord, California while visiting Caleb's girlfriend. And so Caleb was there as well as Allie. And then I thought I was going to preach it two, let's see, two Sundays ago, I think it was. No, maybe three Sundays ago 
And of course, the passing of Sister Iris and the passing of Sister Dahlia totally blew that out, and I knew that I had to preach what I preached to you then. I was looking forward to preaching it that Sunday because Marcus and Vincent would both be here, and that would complete my children uh, being here. Vincent, I already know, is online, so he, he's, his service is earlier in the day, and so he tends to watch us. And so, Vincent, I know that you're, you're probably listening right now, so in one effect, I am preaching it to you. But I really honestly, I'm like, God, I, I don't like to repeat sermons. But the AV team can tell you, the visual team can tell you, I sent in another sermon. Don't get rid of that. I may preach that at a later point in the year. But the Lord just kind of chided me and said, I need you to preach this again. And so I don't know how it will come out, but I do know that what I have here is a very, very important message. In fact, the reason I'm really tussling with God is I have a feeling he's probably going to have me preach it a few more times. It's a message that we, his children, need to hear. Um, and so you pray that the Lord will anoint me and will allow what he wants to be said today to come forth. And so, Candace, I want to start with my first text, not with the title slide, but rather the first text, which is Mark chapter 10. Verses 13 through 16, the scriptures tell us that the people brought children to Jesus hoping he might touch them. The disciples, many times like us, didn't understand what was going on, and they shooed them off. But Jesus was irate, and he let them know it. He says, don't push these children away. Don't ever get between them and me. These children are at the very center of life in the kingdom. Now, that's context enough, but now what I want you to do is pay attention to this. He says, mark this. Now, when Jesus got himself in the flesh, says, mark this. There's an emphasis point being made there. Mark this unless you accept the, the kingdom of God, God's kingdom, in the simplicity of a child, you'll never get in. Now, we have all kinds of things. Except you're born of water and of the Spirit, you cannot enter the kingdom of God. Unless you're born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. Okay, we got, we got these scriptures, all right? But notice what he says here. Unless you accept the God, God's kingdom with the simplicity of a child, you'll never get in. Then, gathering the children up in his arms, he laid his hands on them, and he did something that, that meant a whole lot more to them than it does to us. We struggle to understand it. But he did something that's very, very Jewish, and that is he blessed them. And blessing, and this is not my main topic today, but blessing was the act of taking all of your authority, all of your power, all of your wealth, all of who you were, and transmitting it to the person you were blessing. Now that in and of itself is a whole nother, is a whole nother topic. It, it is relevant, but I'm not going to dwell on it. So put up my title slide, Candace. Just go to the next one and I'll be ready for my scripture when I'm there. Today I want to talk to you for a little while about act like a child. Act like a child. 
I don't know if you have memories back when you were a child with your parent. And so many of us are going to struggle with this. And so I want to at the outset acknowledge, as Marcus already pointed out, that there are many of us that it looks good. But when it comes to our relationships with our parents, our fathers, our mothers, I need to acknowledge that I understand that they were not always healthy. It's not always a good memory. And so I understand that. But for the off chance of those of you that can follow this, and I will deal with those of you that is more, it's, it's not a positive memory. You don't have positive memories. But if possible, think back, and maybe it's not a mom or a dad. Maybe it was a school teacher. Maybe it was a, an aunt or an uncle. Maybe it was a grandparent. Where what I'm going to ask you to think about would be true and relevant. But can you think back to an early stage where you were young and mom or dad or grandma or grandpa or aunt or uncle or maybe even the school teacher told you something. They said something to you and can you remember the way that you normally responded? I'm going to tell you right now as an adult, when somebody tells me something, my default response is skepticism. I do not consider myself a cynic. In fact, I work very hard not to be cynical. But even still, not a cynic, I'm going to trust but verify. Is anybody with me? Know what I'm talking about. We don't just take it at face value. But I remember that when, when my dad, one of the things that you've all heard me preach a sermon about, my ministry began in the irises. My, this property used to have irises. It no longer does because I killed them all. Kid you not. I killed them all, every one of them. And I'm proud of it. I hated those things. But my dad, what my job, while he's cutting the grass or while he's cutting down trees and reclaiming, because half this property was in woods when we first purchased it. And so I would weed the irises, and irises are nasty because they're leaves, they decompose, they get wet, they get slimy, slugs are in there, and the weeds grow up in it too. And so you're trying to weed all that out, and so there's just no way to do it. You put gloves on, and you can't get a hold of it right. So you just got to stick your hand in the slime, and you just got to pull the stuff out. And it was nasty. I hated doing it. But there was one plus because Dad was smart, and I do it too, kids, so now you know where it comes from, is that after a day of working in the irises, after a day of being here on the church property, he would say something to me like, would you like some ice cream? And up here on the corner between Route 4 and, and, and Salem Church Road used to be on the corner there was a Dairy Queen. It's the Dairy Queen that's now been moved, but it was the Dairy Queen that you had only outside tables. Like, it was almost just an ice cream stand. It, it, you didn't go into a restaurant, but they did the ice cream in there kind of like, uh, what's the, uh, the water ice, the Italian water ice places. It's kind of like that. And, um, and so we would I, I, I would, I had been there multiple times. But as a young boy, I never did what I now do as an adult. I never began to ask the questions I ask as an adult. I never asked my dad, well, who's going to pay for it? I never asked my dad, is it open? I never asked my dad, did they deliver the milk and the cream necessary to make the ice cream? I never asked my dad, will they have cones? Did the shipments work? 
Dad, is there, are there workers there that can serve us? I never asked any of those things because I was still a simple child. Dad said, we're going for ice cream. So guess what we're doing? We're going for ice cream. And you know, kids, kids are fickle that way. They can be bawling their heads off, and then, and then suddenly you say, hey, how about some ice cream? And they go from tears to just ecstatic joy. They just reverse. Like It's like, okay, what is wrong with you? Like something, Something's got to be wrong with you. But the deal is, is it's simple for them. There's a simple trust. And, of course, as time goes along, all of that gets destroyed. A broken world destroys it. We struggle to trust. Even husbands and wives who have committed themselves to one another, we struggle to believe the words of one another. When we say things to one another or when we dream together, we struggle to hold on to that. So that image of that child, that simple childlike trust, Maybe you fill in the blank with something else that's pleasant or a memory or that. But for me, it was just that ice cream. I, I think back to being that little boy, and, and I, I was doing something I didn't want to do, and then Dad would try to reward it. I mean, I, yes, I had to work and all that, but he would then try to reward it. And looking back, we didn't have a lot of money, but he could get me a small ice cream cone. And, and the moment he said it, I believed him. Believed him. Now, obviously, this passage that I've read to you, Jesus is sending a signal about the importance of children, which in the ancient Near Eastern area of Israel where he was, children were not important. The ancient world, in fact, children were literally not relevant. They were not respected. Uh, part of the way the Christian church conquered the Roman empires, that they would go and find all of the abandoned babies and children and would care for them that would literally be left on the rocks because somebody just didn't know what to do, and didn't care, and children were not important. And the disciples seem to be reflecting some of this. Children are secondary, all right? And Jesus got very strong in his language when he said, don't push these children away. Don't you come between me and them. I need somebody here today to hear me. That even if you are no longer a little child, which most of us are not, you do understand that from God's perspective, you are always his child. Always his child. I have never understood the love and the care and the mercy of God in the way that I've begun to understand it as my children have moved from childhood to adulthood. I honestly didn't realize the way that would work. You see, children, I love them. In fact, that love for them began very early. It began the moment that they were conceived. It began the moment they exited the womb. It began and continued through those seasons, those early years in which, frankly, they did absolutely nothing worthwhile. Little Noah doesn't do a single thing 
to help Noel and Mariana. In fact, he's probably complicated life. I'm not taken away. Please understand that if that's true, that makes our love for them even more amazing. Because we are not loving them because of what they do. Because they don't do anything worthwhile. They take, and what they give, we don't want. Now, everybody that's been a parent or even an uncle or an aunt or a grandma or a grandpa, okay, you, you know what I'm talking about. They take, and what they give, you don't even want it. And honestly, it doesn't really turn around for a lot of years. Yes, there are things that we begin to delight in, but notice the reason we're delighting them in them is because of the promise of the future, not the reality of the present. When they begin to talk, you can't even understand them. But we know by experience that that starting vocalizations are going to turn into something, and eventually we'll be able to understand them. I always loved it when my kids would talk and somebody turns to the parent and says, what did they say? And I would always say, I don't know. <laughs> Why do you think as I'm the parent that I got any more idea what they said than you do? And slowly but surely we do. We learn to understand the, 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 the accent and we understand the little, the little nuances and we begin to understand. But they, they, honestly, it's a, our excitement about it is not because they walk so well. It's that we can see the first signs of what they will become. It's not that they talk so well, but we see the first signs. Of, okay, we're on the right path. That at some point, they'll be able to articulate themselves. I mean, come on, let's be honest about this. It is a long time coming for a child to be a productive contributor. So if the terms of relationship and the terms of love are functionality and productivity and contribution, and that's what ancient society understood, then children are really nothing but a problem. Because they're not productive. They're not contributing. But Jesus said, don't push them away and do not come between them and me. They are at the very center of life in the kingdom. And I would think that because he said, mark this, the reason is, is because of their simplicity. Not because of how well they function, not because of what they do so well, but because they take things at face value. And he said, unless you, no matter your age, tap into that same simplicity, you can't get in. You see, without faith, it's impossible to please God. And there's plenty of other scriptures that I can take you to that point us to this. But here's the problem. As we adults get older, we begin to look at things with adult eyes. And I don't like to say this, but the reality is, is that too often, and as a default, your value to me lies 
in what you do. And my value to you lies in what I do. Here's where I've had a bit of an aha moment. My children, as perfect as they may think they are, my children do not even still quite measure up. I remember the first time that it hit me, my most conscientious son, and all of my children say this, that my favorite child is Marcus. All right, now you're not supposed to have favorites. I know that. But I do. (laughs) I do. Now, honestly, each of them have characteristics that I really, really like. But in this particular area, my children like to just give Dad a hard time because they know that I really like Marcus for his orderliness and for his attention to detail. He's the one child that I do not have to kind of run their life to make sure they remember anything. See, I'm getting the stink eye from Cassandra. You're not flawless, darling. You're better than your mother, but you're not flawless. Some of you may remember I preached a sermon a number of years back, Marcus was very young. We had an old phone that back in the day, you remember that the cell phone companies would, they'd, if you signed a two-year contract, they'd sell you the phone for a lot cheaper. And it was cheaper than even buying an iPod. And so our old phones would turn into iPods. They were big and heavy, but they'd turn into iPods. And Marcus had his own. It was his first one. I don't even remember how old he was, but he was early teens, if not if, if, if even then. And he was traveling. If he was t- okay. So the girls say he was eight. I still don't know if that's the case. See? I don't have the simplicity of a child. And he's traveling with me, and he, and he, and he left it in the, the car rental shuttle. It slipped out of his pocket. <laughs> and I'll never, rem- I'll never forget that moment of terror on that little boy's face when he, when he said to me, Dad, Dad, Dad I, don't, I, don't, I don't have my iPod. And unlike our Heavenly Father, I was upset. But at the same time, even as a human father, as I looked at my boy and, and, and I was upset with him, and, and he says, I think it fell out of my pocket, and, 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 and you know, we've got a timeline, and we've got all this stuff going on. I remember looking at his eyes. I remember looking at the terror on his face. It took me by surprise because I was moved in a way that I didn't expect. I grew up under a disciplinarian. I am a disciplinarian. I am a person who desires excellence, and I demand excellence. I teach excellence. We shoot for excellence, and I don't apologize for that, but there was something in addition to all that. Despite his brokenness, despite his mistake, despite his... I was moved with compassion. Now, I promise you, I, 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 I used that moment to teach him. I did all that. But there was something in addition to it. And it wasn't based in performance. It was based in that that was my boy. 
that was mine. He, he was mine. His being, who he was, he was mine. I doubt seriously that I would feel any of that for your children. I didn't say that I don't love children. You know that I do. But, but, but there's something different because there is something in that relationship. There is something in who they are in relation to me. And I didn't expect that. I didn't know that. I didn't recognize that. I thought that there was a whole lot more about, yes, when they're very young, I'm in control of their life, and then I grow them, and I teach them, and then, and then I'm pleased with them for how they perform. But then as we've moved along, and it's not just when they're 8, it, it, it's when they're 16, it's when they're 22, it's when they're 24, and they fall short. Because you see, Regina and I, we raised our children to try to avoid sin, but we realized that what has made us Christians is not our avoidance of sin, but rather it is our response to the sin that we were unable to avoid. I'm going to say that one more time so that everybody can hear. What has made us Christians is not our avoidance of sin, and we've avoided a lot of sin. But what has really made us Christians is not our avoidance of sin, but rather it was our response to the sin that we were unable to avoid. And in that moment, we found a father who says, don't you dare put any separation between me and those children. And suddenly she and I begin to grapple with the reality that while we are going to try to avoid every bit of brokenness in this world, we are going to guard our children carefully. The reality is, is no matter how much we guard them, brokenness will find them nonetheless. The brokenness is within them, for we are all shapen in iniquity. We are all conceived in wickedness. We all live in a broken world. And so if this relationship with our Heavenly Father is based in performance, we're in trouble. If this relationship with our Heavenly Father is on the basis of what we are learning and producing in the relationship, we are in trouble. For the Scripture says we all fall short of the glory of God. And I understand that some want to say that this doesn't apply to Paul, and some want to say this is before Christ. But Paul did not say in Romans 7 that before Christ this is the way it was, and then after Christ it changed. He says, no, I find myself not wanting to do things and yet I do them. And I find myself wanting to do things and I can't find it within myself to do them because there is within me a law that wars against the choice I've made of Christ. And so my performance falls short. Jesus said the simplicity of a child. Do you understand through the... Through the The writer of the epistle of John, we are told, don't sin. Then we're told, to claim you haven't sinned is sin. And then we're told, when you sin, you have an advocate with the Father, Christ Jesus. I'm not here to give you permission to sin. I'm here to tell somebody That your relationship with God is not dependent upon your performance. Your relationship with God emanates from who He is 
and who you are in relation to him. It's not based upon your performance because you can't perform. And anyone who's sitting here and thinking, well, I've done pretty well, it's because you've changed the rules. It's because you've modified the descriptors. It's because you've segregated certain things over and said, well, that's just human. Not when you take the literal understanding of righteousness and of the scriptures. All of us have fallen short of the glory of God. There is none that doeth good, no, not one. Our righteousness, when placed before his standard, is as menstrual rags. That world Jesus said God loved that world and so he gave himself that whoever would believe him would not perish but have everlasting life simplicity of a child Simplicity of a child. The Apostle Paul, in Galatians chapter 4, says this. But when the right time came, God sent his son, born of a woman, subject to the law. God sent him to buy freedom for us who were slaves to the law so that he could adopt us as his very own children. And because we are his children, God has sent the Spirit of his Son into our hearts, prompting us to call out, Abba, Father. Now you are. Notice this is not language of function. This is language of being. Now you are no longer a slave, but you are God's own child. And since you are, language of being, his child, God has made you his heir. What is revolutionizing to me is to realize that while I am disappointed with the failures of my children, there is absolutely nothing they can do to change the status that they are my children. Vincent and Caleb and Marcus and Candace and Cassandra are forever my children. And because they are my children, I will move heaven and earth on their behalf. I will do whatever it takes for them. I will do anything possible within my ability, not because of how they function or what they do, but because they are my children. I need some Christians here today to hear me. Your actions will change as God works in your life, but you need to understand that your relationship with him is not based upon your performance. Your relationship with him is based based upon who he is and who he sees you as. He died on Calvary. He bought you with a price. He adopted you. He made you his child. And he has plans for you. 
They are not plans that are earned by performance. Does he want you to stop sinning? Absolutely. Does he know that you're broken and fall short? Absolutely. Now what are you going to do when you find yourself, because of his standard of excellence, falling short? Are you going to turn to your father? I beg my children, I can do anything. We can, Mom and I can handle anything with you. Just keep talking to me. Just keep talking to me. Just please come to me. Don't hide things from me. Come to me with whatever it is. I don't care how bad the sin is. I don't care how broken the status is. Bring it to me. Now, I understand that some of you did not have that in a parent. I understand that maybe even later in life, parents have fallen short or fallen down. But I'm here today to tell you that our heavenly father he is perfect our heavenly father is not like a human father our heavenly father is not limited our heavenly father does not have limits on his mercy or his love his mercy is new every single morning his love is everlasting to everlasting it will not go away and what little bit I can understand by the love of a human father for my own children opens up the understanding that God loves you not because of what you're doing. He loves you because of who you are. You're his child. Now why does this matter? Because too many Christians are trying to earn God's pleasure. And when you fall short, which you will, you're then making the one fatal move. You're withdrawing from him. And the scripture tells us, draw nigh to God. And he will draw nigh to you. The only sin he can't handle is the one you won't draw nigh to him with. The only brokenness that he cannot walk with you in is the one you hide from him. You not really hid it from him, but by hiding it, you distance yourself from him. This transition that I am in, It's been eye-opening because in order to make this transition work, I've had to decrease, and everybody else in the church has had to increase. So guess what keeps going away in my life? Doing. Every single day, if I do what I'm supposed to do the day before, I have at least one less thing that I'm doing. So now I'm suddenly staring at a relationship with God that even understanding mercy and love, it has still had a whole lot of doing. And I begin to ask God, what, what, what is the point here, God? What is going on? With me, what is my value? 
Why do I matter? What, what is going on? And over and over he says, son, I need you to learn how to be. You spent the first half of your life doing, and you've done with excellence. But you got to understand, my love for you is not based upon your doing. My love for you is that you're my child. You broken here today? He still loves you. You flawed here today? He still loves you. You fallen short of the standards? He still loves you. He loves you because you're his child. You're his child because he adopted you. He redeemed you back from slavery. He brought you back into his fold. If my children hear this once, they hear it many, many times. I'm planning. Well, Dad, what about this? Your mom and I are working on that. I'm constantly planning. I have dreams. I don't take control of their lives, but I, I lay in stock. I lay in store. I prepare things. Marcus called me with another meltdown. He got his first two syllabuses, syllabi. He suddenly looks at all that's required in these two courses. He's got three others. And he's freaking out. So I spent some time with him telling him how to lay it all out and what to do with it. Yes, pastoral team, I told him what to do with a sarma. It's how you handle any big thing. Told him how to calendar. I said, you know how to do it? Yep, yep. I said, go ahead and do it. So three hours later, he calls me and he said, Dad, is it wrong if I notice that one day's got a lot of work and the next day has less? that I shifted around to make it more balanced? I smiled. I said, that's the whole point. Now you just figured out why I told you to put it into a sauna. Do you think I didn't know what I was doing when I told him what to do? Do you think your heavenly father doesn't know what he's doing when he tells you what to do? Do I think the heavenly father doesn't know what he's doing when he tells me it's your time is done? Step back. But you and I both know how we respond, don't we? We don't respond with simplicity. We begin to grasp and we begin to say, but, 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 but what, what, what is my being? Who am I? What, what does it matter if I'm not doing this? Then what does it matter? And, and i got to earn my place. And I'm here today to tell some Christians that you need to hear me and hear me loud and clear. Your basis of value is not in what you do. It is in who you are. And who you are is without any assault because you're his child. The king of kings and lord of lords bought you with a price. He adopted you and you are now his inheritors. It changes how we live. And it changes how we serve. Because again, if we don't approach him and the kingdom with simplicity. I said to Marcus, I said, Marcus, 
you're going to be okay. You're prepared. Marcus doesn't know if he's prepared. His mother and I, in this particular area, there's zero chance he's not prepared. Do you understand that his mother and I have spent the last 24 years structuring, planning, and laying out this product? There's zero chance he's not prepared. Can I tell some Christian here? There's zero chance God doesn't have your back. There's zero chance that you can't be more than a conqueror through him who loved you. There is zero chance. Zero. Because your heavenly father did not just do this on a whim. It didn't just come out of nowhere. No, he bought you with a price. He descended down from glory. He became humble as a servant. He took on himself the form of humanity. He did all the things that he did because he had a plan. He has seen you from the beginnings of the world. He's been working for for your salvation. There's zero chance if you'll accept with simplicity. Caleb, if you'd come. And so the simple question is, can you choose, will you choose to act like a child? God, where's the ice cream coming from? Is there cream? Is there going to be a worker there? Are there ice cream cones? Who's going to pay for it? Will the car start to get there? All of our questions If you're dealing with a fellow human being, I would suggest you ask all those questions. Leela, I love you to death, but I'm going to ask you all those questions till the day I walk out this door. I trust you, but I'm going to verify. Dad, I respect you. You're an elder. I get it. But until I walk out this door, I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to ask questions because humans, humans mess stuff up. But our Heavenly Father, no, we need to take him at his word. He is faithful, Scripture says, and just to forgive us of all of our sins. He died for the sin of the world. He died for every broken thing in this world. He says, you're my child. Call me daddy. Cry out to me, Abba, Father. Believe me when I say to you, I've got you. Believe me when I say to you, I will be faithful. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. I will be with you always, even to the end of this age. Let not your heart be troubled. If you believe in God, believe also in me. I've already prepared places for you. I'm already working on your behalf. God's known you're broken. God knows you're a sinner. God knows what's wrong. God knows what was passed down to you genetically. God knows what was passed down to you by family. God knows what was messed up in your dysfunctional family. God knows the choices you've made that have been poor choices. He knows all of that. And his voice still rings out. I have seen you while you were still under the fig tree. I have plans for you. I love you. You're my child. And so the only question today is, will we act like that child? Will we believe him? I know I'm eating into children's time, and teachers, if you've got to go, I understand. But I want everybody out. I want everybody on your feet. 
And I want you to do something really simple. That's going to sound funny, okay? I don't want you to repent right now. I know, we're in a Pentecostal church. What do you mean you're not supposed to repent? I'm telling you, right now is not, you're not supposed to repent. Because repentance is one of those places where we actually express over and over our lack of faith in God. We act like we're repenting, but we're really not. We're actually saying, there's no way, God, you can forgive me. I want every single person within the sound of my voice to simply lift your hands to God and say, I accept that I am your child and you will love me no matter what. I accept that you love me and that you will love me no matter what. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. God, I accept that you love me. I'm going to be a simple child. You said you love me, and so I'm going to accept it. You said you got my back, and so I'm going to accept it. You said that you will provide for me, and I'm going to accept it. You said that you have plans that are good for me. I'm going to accept it. You said that you died for every sin, including every one that I've committed, and so I accept it. The simplicity of a child, I accept that you are my father. Abba, Father! Abba! I cry out to you and I accept. Relieve me of the burden of performance, Jesus. Oh God, my life will change if I fall in love with you. My actions will change because I fall in love with you. But that's not what I'm goal for, my goal is for. My goal is to love you back because you first loved me. While I was still a sinner, you died for me. I'd done nothing. I'd performed nothing. I was contributing nothing. I was just like that infant child that does nothing, and yet we love them because they are ours. You love me, Jesus, and I accept it. Hallelujah, hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Transform our lives right now, Jesus. Transform the way we look at this, Jesus. God, take a massive amount of pressure off our backs right now, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, this is not permission to sin. This is permission to receive the only saving grace that can save us. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. God, as surely as I will always love my children, no matter what they do because they are mine, how much more you, Heavenly Father, who are perfect, you love us. That's why love conquers all. Nothing can separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus. The Holy Spirit sheds abroad in our hearts your love, Jesus. Oh, help us, Lord, to move from that pharisaical position of performance and earning our own place in your kingdom to the place of adoption. You picked 
us. You chose us. You redeemed us. And you call us your own. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Now would you begin to praise him? Would you begin to thank him? Hallelujah. Would you begin to honor your heavenly father? Hallelujah, hallelujah. Would you honor him? Oh, you're worthy, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for loving me. Thank you for being my daddy. Thank you, Lord, for loving me. Thank you for being my daddy, Lord. God, I receive your love. I accept your love. I praise you and I worship you. I thank you for loving me. I thank you for loving my brothers and sisters. I thank you for loving us so much that you died for us, that you descended from glory and took upon you the form of a servant and you became in the likeness of humanity to make us one of you, to redeem us and adopt us into your family. We are now your children. We are now your heirs. Everything that you are will be ours because you're going to make it happen. <laughs> oh, Lord, my brokenness, it's not too hard for you. Oh, my falling short is not too far for you to reach me. You will never leave me nor forsake me. You will stay with me. We receive your love and we praise you for it. We receive your love and we thank you for it. We receive your love and we give you glory and honor and praise today. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise the name of Jesus. Praise the name of Jesus. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Oh, I praise you. Yes, Jesus, I worship you. Oh, I glorify your name, Almighty God. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. We magnify your name, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Ha ha shatatiya da 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 ha seteki. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. 
Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. God transform us by the renewing of our minds, Lord. Oh, Lord, show us that balance of grace and truth. Grace and truth. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. greatest commandment is not fear me it is love me laws and rules work for children this is why the apostle Paul wrote that the law was a schoolmaster for school children but I want you to grow laws and rules do not work for adults fear only alienates but love love conquers all Yes, there are expectations I have for you. And yes, there are things that need to change in all of your lives. I've not come to take a single one of those things away. But I've come to tell you that the way that you achieve them is by a transformation of your heart and your mind through falling in love with me. You will be obedient when I give you your new heart. You will follow my directions as you fall more and more in love with me. Please understand that I have always loved you. And I'm aware of every wrong you've ever done. And I'm aware of every wrong you will ever do. And yet I still love you, saith the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you for loving me, Jesus. Thank you for loving me, Jesus. Oh, I praise your name and I worship you, Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise God, praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Is Meg still here or Ross or is she already over? All right. I need an audible. Is Sunday school still done at 3 or at 3.15? 3.15. So we are going to need to get your kids over there right away.